It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author. And not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor, while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. <coughs> Excuse me. What I'm going to be covering today is more of the things that are becoming so current for many couples and for, you know, many people without them really even knowing it. And that's the issues with infertility, particularly because it used to be that people would only look at uh, fertility issues related to women. It was always, you know, the woman was the one who had the problems. She was the one who had to go for all the testing. And now that is no longer the case. We have, there was a, a recent study that showed that, I mean, and this is, this is talking about, these are experts, 23 different experts from an article on dailymail.com. And I'm going to make comments about it. What I found interesting is what they left out. This is what I, you know, this is what I found probably most interesting. Um, so anyways, let's just start from the top here. That we, I am seeing, and a lot of us in the area of sexuality and healthcare are seeing a crisis of fertility, both for women and for men. And, but now 50% of the cases, you know, studies show that male fertility is behind half of all cases where couples fail to conceive after one year. And when we know that the sperm counts in men worldwide have declined by half over the past 50 years and are continuing to fall. So one of the things that is probably important for people to look at is what are their lifestyle choices? And another thing is, is people are waiting to be fathers in, I think in 1980, one study was saying um, the average age, this is a U.K. study, was 27. Now it's 32, you know, inching up to 33. And the studies are also, you know, they're also showing that older dads are more likely to pass on genetic mutations to their offsprings than older mothers. Now, I got to tell you, I want to high-five that study because it's always, almost everything has always been, you know, if a woman walks through a room and someone was actually smoking a cigarette when she walked through the room, oh, my God, you just stopped little Johnny from, you know, being able to get into Harvard. Oh, my God. But now we have a whole list here of practical things that will tell people the things to be looking for. 
first off, and, and we're talking, you know, this is the average European, which, you know, they're saying that in order to be considered the average, let me go here, the average European sperm count is in the region of 70 million sperm per milliliter. And a man is considered that, you know, he needs a sperm count of at least 20 million uh, in the ejaculate in order to uh, conceive a child without medical intervention. Now, there are two things, two products. There's one called the Conceivex cap, and that is instead of like using a, um, uh, instead of using a contraceptive cap to prevent conception, you use it to enhance. So you collect the, the semen in what they call the, the semen collector. For heaven's sakes, it's just, you know, it's run-of-the-mill standard uh, condom, obviously without any spermicide on it. And it's collected, then it's put into the conception cap, and the woman inserts it, and it's held in place over the neck of her cervix for, um, you know, 24 hours, however long it is. And that's one way without having to have medical intervention. But, and here's the thing, what most people know that, you know, sperm is the thing that carries the DNA from the male side. The father, you know, donates 23 genes, the mother donates 23, so you get a total of 46. And, you know, the, the thing about sperm is that they do, they are produced at the rate of about 100 million every day, and they're produced in the testicles, obviously. And, but also, that process is very much controlled by the hormonal system, the endocrine system. So if there's something that is interrupting your hormones and interrupting that, you know, the, the maturation of those sperm, you're not going to be able to, you may be, as the expression goes, shooting blanks, okay? Now, here's what happens just to give you a little bit of background. It normally takes about three months in order for the sperm tissue, the spermatogenesis, to go from the beginning to a viable live sperm that can be ejaculated. And, you know, once, you know, it can take about 60 days to get the, you know, the, the sperm into the testicles, but it takes another 10 to 14 days for the sperm to pass through the epididymis, which is where they mature, before they leave the body via ejaculation. Now, the epididymis um, is kind of like that little rough part on the side of the testicle. It's kind of like that little convoluted area. And, the, you know, here's the thing. There are things that men can do to change the quality of their sperm. I mean, good grief. You know, they've certainly got more than enough of them. But the, the other thing that men have to be aware of is this is more impactful for them than they had any idea. And one of the things that I found so interesting, they talked about, you know, using a computer on your lap because it is, it creates too much heat because the testes hold the, um, are held in the scrotal sac outside of the body because they need to be cooler. They need to be about two, about six degrees cooler than the actual, you know, body temperature they're using here, talking about centigrade. So 
and I'll talk about that in in a moment about the the heat. But the thing about computers, they never even mentioned anything about the irradiation. Hello, electronic magnetic frequencies (EMFs) are polluting people's households, and people, you know, are sitting with phones between their legs. You know, guys, when they're driving, you are basically irradiating, you know, your testicles. Way to go! And then if you're holding a computer on your lap, not only is the heat there, but you're getting that same thing occurring in that rapidly dividing tissue. And it's even more so when we're talking about children. So let's just start down their little list here. They have a thing here that says, you know, we know that women have a biological clock. Well, guess what? So do men. And I always wonder who these people are who do these studies and tell people you should be having children at this age when, for the majority of people, the biggest thing they need to do is get themselves established so they can afford to have children. I mean, one of the reasons that people live so freaking far out in, you know, in the country and, and commute the vast distances they do is because that's the only place they can afford to buy something because they want to have a family. So, anyways, this is a study, a French study, that published in the Journal of Fertility and Sterility, charming little title, 2005, and found that if a woman is younger than 30, her chances, she, she had a 25% less chance to conceive a baby if her male partner was 40 years or older. Now, what I think is interesting about that is did they look at the quality of the sperm or was it the lifestyle choices that these people, was there more alcohol involved? Was there more smoking? Were there certain drugs being taken? Was there, you know, an inability, you know, stress? Cortisol is a direct, you know, it's directly in opposition to testosterone. And when you're stressed, your adrenals produce cortisol. Anyway, so it also said a woman aged 35 to 37 is 50% less likely if her partner is over 40. So these things about, you know, waiting for, you know, the sugar daddy to have children. Maybe that's not such a great idea. But they also showed, the studies, studies have shown that the genes contained in the sperm of older men have a greater chance of being abnormal. And whether that, again, is exposure to things that these, you know, men have been around or, you know, a buildup of toxins in their bodies. So there was a study, University of California, Berkeley, that found that the sperm of older men were less mobile and less likely to move in a straight line. And that's one of the things that I'd had friends of mine who said what happened is, you know, their sperm didn't swim, you know, didn't swim straight. They went in all kinds of different directions. Well, the the acrosome, that's like the head of the sperm, and then there's a uh, flagellum. And that acts in, you know, it's, you know, designed to head and go in an upward motion, you know? Because if you, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's been around for millennia, like thousands and thousands, of, you know, hundreds of thousands of years doing its thing. So I don't know exactly what would cause the sperm to be going in the opposite direction. The other thing, people need to have the ejaculate itself also needs to be hospitable for the sperm. There's 
some men also are what they call azoospermatic. In other words, they don't have any sperm at all. So that means they're not even producing the, the sperm. They may have ejaculate, but they may not have any sperm as a result of a, an illness, a medication that was given to them, uh, uh, an injury, something that damaged that uh, uh, seminiferous tubules, I believe they were referred to. So, what, you know, what can people do about it? You know, if... Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. emergency room nurse will tell you they receive some weird and wild calls. I used to be the night ER nurse at Hennepin County General Hospital in Minneapolis and remember getting a call from someone who was worried about if it mattered or not if their belly button was an innie or an outie. It doesn't matter, but if you're an outie, you are definitely the minority. Still, that's good news because you don't have to worry about a little problem that people with innies have. Pledge it. That's another word for belly button lint. Researchers say the color of the pledget in your belly button is related to the clothing you wear, just like the lint that collects in your clothes dryer. A friend of mine from the Philippines says they call it a chikachu. What do you call a person who's obsessed with their belly button? An amphalopsychite. Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. If you experience joint pain, remember, weight matters. Being overweight is not good for your health for a multitude of reasons, but joint pain is especially affected by weight. Harvard Medical School reports that simply walking across level ground puts up to one and a half times your body weight on your knees. That means that with each step, a 200-pound man will deliver 300 pounds of pressure to his knee. Off-level ground, the news is worse. Each knee bears two to three times your body weight when you go up and down stairs and four to five times your body weight when you squat to tie a shoelace. Losing weight is the key. One study found that the risk of developing osteoarthritis dropped 50% with each 11-pound weight loss among younger obese women. Weight matters. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. So, anyways, here we come back again to what are the things that people can do. So, here's one of the, you know, we talked about that men also have a, you know, a, you know, biological clock. Well, bottom line is, you know, 
if you want to, you know, delay having children, I suppose you could, you know, you know, freeze your sperm. But then again, you know, live sperm is much better than frozen sperm. You get a lot of kill off on it. And how I first started listening and knowing about the fertility issues that men were having is a friend of mine, Dr. Gary Richwald, was at the time, he was with the LA, I think it was the LA uh, Sperm Bank. And his comment was, look, if you want to get into a good business, this is a business you should be in. Because really what it is, is it's kind of like a, a storage area for, you know, all of this genetic material. And, you know, they have to be kept with um, uh, liquid nitrogen, these great big huge vats, great big huge, you know, sealed things. But, you know, people pay every month to have their stuff there. Anyways, the long and the short is, I started looking at what is the incidence of uh, sterility and, you know, the problem with trying to have children. And I looked at a study in Israel of young Israeli soldiers who were, they're the main donors for uh, the Israeli sperm banks. And it turns out over the last 10 years, the quality of their sperm has dropped precipitously so that now only 10% of these young men have what they consider to be good enough quality to be accepted into a sperm bank. And also, you know, they apparently do not take, you know, point, you know, there's Dr. Pacey, who is a uh, physician, and I think she's in, uh, uh, no, he, he's a professor of andrology at University of Sheffield. And he said that, you know, there is, points out that men over the age of 40 are advised against donating sperm. And, you know, then he says, well, it's not to scare the children of older fathers. Information like this is important to understand and should remind us that nature designed us to have our children at a young age, and if at all possible, men and women should not delay parenthood if they are in, in a position not to. Well, again, I spoke of that at the top of the show, that here we have people telling someone, you know, you should be, you know, having children right away. Well, some people that, you know, if they want to be able to create a good, solid you know, financial foundation, they have to keep working. They can't have their kids right away. And if you are a female, that means you are, you know, you're not, I hate to say it, but it is still the case. Women with children, when they are hired, they are more of a risk for an employer because they are the ones who often do more of the child care. So it's the employer of the mother who takes the biggest hit. And I saw that, you know, firsthand for myself. So anyway, here's the thing. Um, if people are concerned about their biological clock, they just need to be aware. Other things, tight underwear. We've known about the tight underwear because it changes the, the heat of the scrotum. And, you know, they're showing, you know, male models like, you know, David Beckham. Well, yeah, that's probably because, you know, he's well endowed and, you know, looks, you know, phenomenally good in the underwear. But in all actuality, you know, Dr. Alan Pacey, he said, explained that what we found is that the single biggest lifestyle factor affecting sperm count was tight underwear. So you need to have uh, boxer shorts, not tight-fitting pants, and you, you just, you know, and again, this is a change that will occur over three to, you know, two to three months. And 
the the thing is, where the, the seminiferous epithelium—that's the seminiferous tubules—that is the area where you know the that's an area that is very very sensitive to temperature changes. So if the testes are too hot, you know they will produce less sperm because the seminiferous epithelium which lines the tubules where the cell division takes place, is very sensitive to those elevated uh, temperatures. So here's the thing. Make sure you're wearing boxer shorts. If someone happens to have an undescended testicle, now that is something that many people will be aware of. Uh, that's that joke you know, where the, the uh, proctologist will say, you know, uh, bend over and cough. And what they're feeling for is whether or not there's a weakness on the side of the test on the side of the scrotum where the testicle could ascend back into the abdominal cavity if there is an undescended testes it will not produce viable sperm so there are you know simple uh, easily done procedures to do it either for they can be done on either adolescents or adult males and often it's usually um, you know very successful Let's say someone's had some type of cancer treatment. They will often tell people to freeze their sperm if that they know they're going to be undergoing that because if they are going, you know, for prostate cancer, if they're being irradiated there or, you know, I mean, radiation burns everything, if they are having, you know, a form of there's uh, radioactive little plugs that can be put in through the wall of the rectum. But all of these are things that, you know, and the chemotherapy drugs, they, some of them are likely to lead to permanent infertility than others. So, again, you know, it makes a, a comment about some of the, the different cancer medications that um, methotrexate, this vincristine, procarbonize, busulfane, Melphalane. I mean, there's a whole list here that, you know, for some men too, when they are taking these, they don't have, they may have, you know, erectile dysfunction as a result of a uh, prostate surgery. Because once the prostate is removed, the nerves on the other side of it are the nerves that are responsible for blood flow being able to be signaled to go to fill up. The, the three spongy areas of the of the scro um, pardon me the penis that makes it erect and without those nerves you have to use a form of suction like a, a vacuum pump or you, you know use something that will fill the penis with the blood and then use a cock ring so let's say if someone is not well let's say they have you know a cardiovascular disease well that's blood circulation diabetes that can be a really bad thing for particularly for because it's the 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 sticky blood affects the small um, uh, what do you want the small uh, blood vessels more impactfully and that's what the majority of the penises is, is those small blood vessels so you know it, there was a body of research that showed that sperm produced by a man with diabetes are more damaged than those from a non-diabetic and less able to fertilize an egg. So what can you do? Well, I guess, you know, if it is dietary-induced 
diabetes, get your food under control. I personally would not recommend statins for um, cardiovascular disease uh, as something to reduce cholesterol. They have made that a runaway, huge uh, industry, and there really isn't enough information that to show all of the impacts of the statins on people's body and what it does. Pre-Alzheimer's, muscle weakness. I mean, the list of what these things do is staggering. So, again, I want people to know about this so they can be an informed consumer, okay? The other thing, you know, so, you know, what are the, you know, uh, alleviate things that are causing cardiovascular stress? You know, reduce your weight, change your diet, range of medications. What I thought was interesting about this is it talked about a few of the drugs, but in no part in no part did it say anything about the impacts of vaccinations on infertility. And we know that polysorbate eighty is it's considered um, a stabilizer and used in a number of products, you know, cream, milk products used in ice cream, nice to stabilize it, and vaccine and anti-cancer drugs. But it's toxic. It's highly toxic. And, you know, studies have shown what it does to, you know, early neonatal, you know, exposure for female reproductive organs of rats. And it, it destroys their system, literally destroys it. And then, then here you've got, you know, and it does the same thing in male rats. So thinking that you're not going to have an impact on fertility because of the, uh, the polysorbate and the adjuvants, meaning the things that cause the irritation in vaccines, we need to get a better control on how many vaccines people are having and what's in them. I mean, I happen to have just read a, you know, another, you know, uh, article talking about using the polysorbate in the vaccines as a way to control fertility in foreign countries when they are administering um, vaccines. We also know that the U.S. government has been known to put HCG, human chorionic gonadotrophin, into vaccines in these countries for population control. So what they do is unwittingly give these women, tell them that this is a, you know, a vaccine for hepatitis C, which none of them have. And then what they'll do is they'll say, um, you, you need this for this. And what it turns out to be is they are being injected with a hormone produced by their body when they're pregnant. Their body does not see it as normal when they're not pregnant. So what happens when they get pregnant? Their body sees the HCG, which shows that, you know, it's being produced when they're pregnant. They then abort and they are chemically... This is 
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Residents of Alligator Point, Florida, discovered a 400-pound gabberlunzi bear raiding their garbage. They called the local wildlife authorities. The officers came out and shot the bear with a tranquilizer dart in order to move him. Unexpectedly, the frightened bear swam out into the water where it started to drown as the tranquilizer began taking effect. Adam Warwick, an officer from the Wildlife Commission, jumped into action, swimming towards a juggernaut bear, while the other officers tried to figure out how to rescue both of them. Adam was somehow able to grab the bear and paddle 25 yards to the shore, saving the bear's life. The bear was then loaded on a truck and transported back to its home in the forest. What's the word for a last-minute attempt to get something done? A charrette. It's marching Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Being consistent with your exercise is the pathway to success and healthy living. Jawbone collected data from their fitness trackers and found that the most consistent exercisers work out at 6 o'clock a.m. When you exercise first thing in the morning, you set the stage for the whole day. Exercise gets your endorphins and creative juices flowing and fuels your energy for the day. They also reported that the least consistent exercisers slotted their workout times after 6 o'clock p.m. Shape Magazine says that the read-between-the-lines lesson is that situations out of our control can surface during the day that can disrupt or cancel your workouts. So set your alarm early and get your workout done first thing to read the benefits for the rest of the day. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. And um, chatting so much that I didn't see that the tune signal from Karina came up. So the long and the short with polysorbate 80 as an impact, as something that is in a lot of vaccines, they know that it is it impacts fertility. And just going to read this to you. So these women are being injected with something, and they'll say it's, you know, for, you know, uh, hepatitis C or something. And then, now listen to this. According to the World Intellectual Property Organization, which is part of the United Nations, scientists from the organization are developing vaccines specifically to damage fertility as a method of contraception. A suggested ingredient for the vaccine is tween 80, or polysorbate 80. So... You know, we also have, you know, there's Gardasil is a vaccine that they are trying to suggest that young women and men get to protect them from cervical cancer. Now, what you have to have an awareness of, again, being a informed consumer is what I look 
I look to do and help people become. Gardasil itself <clears throat> was rushed onto the market. Thank you, Rick Perry and his wife and his mother-in-law, uh, because Merck had a article, the Merck had product going off what they called a patent protection cliff, and they needed another billion-dollar baby. So Gardasil came in, and I'm going to use the information. Now, if I were asked what I give my child, what I give my daughter or I give my son Gardasil to protect against, um, supposedly protect against cervical cancer, Hell no. And you want to know why? Because the science does not bear out what they're trying to sell. They're selling fear. And the, the average age of diagnosis of cervical cancer is, is it like 47, 52. And the telling young girls that they need to have something that's going to, you know, so you bring in sex, you bring in cancer, and you bring in children. What do you think hits more buttons for parents? And then they tell them you need to have this and you need to have three of these. The girls who are coming down with impacts from this, finally we are seeing through um, pediatricians who have been administering this vaccination that they are seeing young women coming forward with what they call POF, premature ovarian failure, which means that, and, and they trace it right back to Gardasil, that means these girls who are 19, 20, 21, whatever, whatever it is, they were having their periods and all of a sudden there's a complete cessation of menses, they have been put into menopause. They will not have children. So I remember just a heartbreaking video of a mother talking about her two daughters and she said, I thought I was doing the right thing. And that's what they'll tell you. You go on to the NIH website or the CDC, National Institutes of Health, or the Center for Disease Control. But please understand, the majority of things written there are written by the suppliers of the drugs. The CDC doesn't look at these things for, for people, nor does the National Institute of Health. They, you know, they are, you know, as bought and sold as anybody. The studies and the labs, all the labs are being paid and funded by pharma that want them to get the test the way that they want them. So it's not a bit of a wonder that we're having a fertility crisis. Look at all of the cattle. Did you know that I think it's like 75% of the antibiotics in this country are used in livestock? Well, what do you think that does? That puts it into, if it's dairy, into their milk. It puts it into their meat. So what you've got, it's no wonder we have superbugs and people not being able to respond well to antibiotics. It's not a bit of a wonder. Then we have the growth hormones, and we look at young women and young men, particularly young women, maturing so quickly as a result of the human growth hormone in the food because humans are at the end of it. So they're being pushed into you know, a pre precocious form of maturity, and what is it doing to their actual reproductive system? We have no idea. None. Then we've got, so, you know, I'm just going to go down quickly with these male things again here. So a varicella is something that can cause a problem for men. And that is, in essence, a, um, like a, a varicose vein 
in the, the scrotum. And what it does is it brings more blood in so it keeps it warmer. So again, it's that temperature issue. Now, going back to uh, medications, other medications may interfere with the ability of the man to get an erection or ejaculate. And you know, the antibiotic, tetracycline, can block fertilization. So, you know, someone's taking that, you know, for their skin. If you are taking uh, erythromycin, that, the antibiotic erythromycin, it's toxic to the testicles and damaged cells that produce sperm, and sometimes permanently. So you need to know the things that someone's going to put on your body or in your body. Check and read the labels. Now, if you suffer from a uh, Varicel, there's a, an easy... Uh, surgery that can be done for you, and around 15% of the male population has Varicel, and 40% of the men uh, diagnosed with infertility in this one study had it. So it's something that, that can be easily, it, it reverses it, and again, it takes three months to get the sperm working in. Let's say there's block ducts. Let's say that there was uh, and uh, mechanical issue, meaning there's a blockage or there had been damage as a result of a groin injury, uh, inherited, or uh, sexually transmitted infection. So if, you know, if you're, well, how do you protect against that? Well, if it's going to sports injury, protect against, you know, injury, wear a cup, wear something that will protect that area. One of the things about, one of the most important things is, Staying in shape, staying fit. One of the things, if you do too much cycling, that can cause a compression of the tissue on the perineal area, make it numb, but what it also does is it slows down blood flow. So, you know, and, you know, there's a higher incidence of numbness and erectile issues for men who cycle regularly or on longer issues. One thing you can do is change the bike seat. You can get a softer saddle seat or you can get one that has a uh, sort of an indentation in it so that you can, the, there isn't so much pressure directly on, because the perineum is right where the, the pubic bone is. So just make sure that, you know, if you're going to be doing long-term racing or lots of it, you can either consider standing up for part of it, but, you know, that's not usually you know, the thing that most people want to do. Being too hot on an ongoing basis, spending too much time in a hot tub, spending too much time in a sauna, it, you know, it can have a temporary impact on it. And, you know, the, the thing that you need to do is just don't stay in something that's very hot for a prolonged period of time. You know, use, you know, use common sense. So let's say if someone frequently self-pleasures, so this person's masturbating. Bottom line is you need to produce, you need to have enough of a break if you're masturbating once or twice a day you're not getting enough of a concentration of the sperm in the ejaculate for you to be able to inseminate someone. So, you know, maybe abstinence for three or five days, I think you can do that. But that is the issue for, you know, sometimes people think they should be doing it every single day. No, because a woman's cycle, there's only, you know, like a period of a week, some women for a week, some women for a day, some women for three days, where you know, she is ovulating or the egg is coming down, and the actual fertilization occurs within the fallopian tube. So the sperm have to, you know, get up there, and the, the environment of the 
uh, vagina and into the cervix going into the, the uterus, that has to be hospitable for the sperm. Otherwise, you know, they die. Now, let's say you're not having enough sex. That can also be an issue. And what happens there is, you know, this could be something as a result of stress. I talked about that at the beginning, where if a man is stressed about his job or money, that produces cortisol. Cortisol is in direct opposition to testosterone. There goes the libido. And it has, you know, so, and it may also be that with the men who are stressed and not able to get an erection, there may be physiological effect of the lower levels of testosterone circulating and the psychological effects which, you know, you, if you don't have testosterone, your libido is not likely going to be, you know, up there. It's likely going to be wiped out. I remember the first time I got exposed to that. It was a woman whose husband had been massively successful and all of a sudden took a real turn for the worse. And to say that, and she was trying to improve things, and I just asked him, I said, how stressed are you? And it, it never even was on their radar that that could be an issue. So reduce the stress, you know. I mean, another thing, you know, failure con- to conceive can also be a really big cause of stress for, for couples. I've worked with a number who are like that. Here's another thing many times people are not aware of, lack of vitamin D. This is a vitamin D deficient country, so massively deficient. And vitamin D, which is the sunshine vitamin, it's essential to sperm health. And it was found that the human sperm had multiple vitamin D receptors on its head and nucleus, suggesting that the cell needs the vitamin to function. So you can either get it from getting, you know, UV rays on your arm or, you know, uh, something, because what it does is vitamin D, it's the, vitamin D gets created in reaction to the sun exposure. So here's the thing, you know, get yourself out in a little sun. And they, they were doing an Australian study, and they found that nearly a third, which is similar to the average, of the 794 men in the fertility clinic were found to suffer from too little vitamin D. So they got it up, and, you know, then they were, pregnancies were successful. I'll be back with more things to help with your fertility. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. 
Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Now you've heard about the Seattle house that went up in flames after a chowder-headed tenant tried to flush out an eight-legged foe in his laundry room by setting it on fire using a lighter and spray paint. Whoops, big miscabobble. Apparently, no one got hurt except perhaps a spider, but the rental home and its contents reportedly suffered $60,000 worth of damage. Neighbors scrambled to hose down their homes to keep the fire away. What's the word for a nearby house that is on fire? A eucalogan. Arachnophobia, or the fear of spiders, is pretty common. In case you're wondering what kind of nut job would actually try to kill a spider this way, this isn't the first case of this sort to occur. Why did the spider cross the road? To look for a new website, maybe? I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Just before the break, I was talking still about the things that are impacts for men impacting their fertility. And at the top of the show, what I'd started with, excuse me, was that we are now seeing that 50% of the issues for fertility are with the man's reproductive system, not just with the women where, you know, they mainly focused on that. So here's some of the things that, you know, I think it's quite obvious that if someone is obese, and they're not going to be that, you know, they could have a skin fold and, you know, the genitals would be much warmer. If you are smoking, you know, it's, you know, smoking is not something that is a thing that from a reproductive standpoint, not the best thing to be doing, period. I mean, it impacts your cardiovascular system. And, you know, heavy smoking, you know, it, what they do now, it's the... In terms of how many sperm you produce in the testes, smoking does not seem to have an effect. This is Dr. Pacey again, Alan Pacey. However, smoking can damage DNA within the sperm cells, which could lead to infertility and miscarriage, which is the female's body's um, body's way of getting rid of a developing embryo with major genetic abnormalities. And one of the things I'd like to say to, you know, for women who have lost a child, I mean, as devastating as that is, often it is not anything that she did. It was 
just a baby. This is Dr. Jules Black told me this. He was a top OBGYN in uh, Australia, in Sydney. And he said, typically, he said, this invariably was an embryo that was incompatible with life. It just, it would not survive. So, anyways, smoking, being obese, okay, you know, men who develop, you know, man boobs, you know, it may they it may be that they're more at risk, uh, you know, because of exposure to female hormone estrogen, which is another thing. When we there's nothing in this article about bisphenol A, which is a hormone endocrine interrupter, which now we see so many fat kids and fat little boys and moves on men. And that's because bisphenol A is in so many things. It lines um, pins so that food will slide out easier. It's released when you put you know, food into a microwave and cook it. If you want to have a good body and good health, get rid of the microwave. Store something in it. You know, make it look nice. But microwaves just basically destroy all the nutrition in your food. And when I, you know, look at food now for, you know, from a uh, purchasing it standpoint, it's pretty difficult to eat clean food these days. But anyways, we've got this obese guy. Obese guys, you know, it's not, in fact, the study, here was a study that they talked about men who have a higher, uh, what they call BMI, body mass index had a significantly higher risk of being infertile compared with men considered to be normal weight. In fact, the study found that men who are of normal weight and then put on just 20 pounds could increase their chance of infertility by 10%. Oops. Oopsie. Um, So, you know, the bottom line is the better shape your body's in and the better shape, you know, you, you, the obesity is not, it's not doing you any favors here. We finally come to the using a laptop in your lap, and it's saying that it's the heat generated from the laptops can impact the sperm production and development. I'm going to call BS on that one because here's the deal. It may be heat, but it's also the EMFs. It's also all of the Wi-Fi. Look at what little kids are doing now. You have little kids sitting with Wi-Fis on their laps, all of them, And where do you think they're sitting? Those little girls, they've got them right around where their ovaries are, and the little boys just before, you know, right above their genitalia. You know, um, an EMF protector might be something you can do, or for God's sakes, put the, you know, laptop on a table or something that that blocks that heat and and the EMFs, the electronic, uh, electronic frequencies from hitting you. Poor diet. Like, no kidding. Of course, poor diet's going to do it. But the thing for many people is that their worlds are so rushed, they just, you know, they'll just eat anything that, you know, is is there for them. We do know that there is evidence that men who eat a diet rich in antioxidants, those, you know, those take up and get rid of the damaging free radicals. They are more fertile than men who don't. And, And the antioxidants in vitamin E and C, um, beets, purple cabbage, leafy greens, good uh, vitamin C sources. And, you know, the researchers at Harvard School have found that diets high in saturated fat may negatively affect the quality as well as the quantity of sperm. So better to have the good, 
the uh, good omega-3 fatty acids. That's something that you can do. So, you know, the oily fish, cut down on the red meat. But again, you're at the end of the food chain, you know, as a human being. So you've got to be aware of what you are, you know, putting in your body and how that food was produced. Again, one thing that's nice about this, you can improve, you know, the sperm shape, their movement, their motility, is what they call it, by changing your diet within two to three months, within, you know, within 12 weeks, okay? Now, bodybuilding. Now, what's bodybuilding got to do with this? Well, the thing about bodybuilding is they will often use anabolic steroids, which is a, it, it basically, it's like used to mimic the male hormone testosterone, and it causes an increase in muscle mass, but it also tricks the body into thinking that the testes, which produce natural testosterone, are producing too much. So what production of sperm can actually completely shut down. And men, I know bodybuilders uh, have told me that, you know, guys have all of a sudden said, oh, my God, I better stop because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm shrinking my gonads. There's nothing left. Uh, the other thing is that if, depending on what they are uh, eating, if they are, you know, if they're the anabolic steroids, but they may also, if they're doing, you know, protein shakes, if they're doing a soy protein shake, one of the number one, you know, there's the phytoestrogens, estrogens in soy. And I would never recommend soy. People eat soy or, you know, the soy beverages because soy is like 97% genetically modified. And it's, and when they say genetically modified, what they mean is they take DNA from another organism and they shove it into the DNA of the soy. So it, it creates, you know, may grow faster, it does this. And they keep saying that genetically modified foods will help increase the food so that there's more food for people on the earth. Sorry, BS meter gets, get, has to go off again. No, it doesn't. Absolutely no, it does not. So <clears throat> here's another thing that could be causing, um, you know, so if you are taking, you know, the steroid drugs, um, you, you know, some of these impacts may not be reversible. That's the issue. However, you know, most men will see once they stop taking the steroids for bodybuilding, a gradual return to normal over several months. And, you know, they can build muscle with exercise, but it's not certainly not going to be that massive increase that you get with steroids. Your fertility or infertility could be related to your job. And some are just a little more riskier than others. If someone is around someone uh, a lead smelter and because roofers and, and metal smelters, they have lower sperm counts and IVF couples who have even small traces of lead in their bloodstream are less likely to conceive than those who don't. And we, we know that lead is a testicular toxin and lowers production of motile sperm. So it could be that, you know, painters and printers are exposed to things as well. Find out the things that, that you know, you're around. This was one that I knew this stuff, but I didn't realize how much this was a biggie, gum disease. And what they had done is, and here's the thing, a lot of people have gum disease and don't know it. And scientists in Israel pinpointed gum disease as one of the causes of male infertility after seeing an increased rate of gum disease among men having trouble with conceiving a child. 
And the Israeli study looked at the quality of sperm of 56 men who would come to a fertility clinic. They found that 80% of the men suffered from either gum disease and a low sperm count or zero sperm count was found in 68%. Now, that's just shocking to me. So the thing to do is get your mouth cleaned up. The more stuff that you clean up out of your mouth, the better it will be for you. Going vegetarian, I talked about that, soy and the estrogen that, that, that are in it. And, you know, the, it raises the level of the hormone and it inhibits sperm production. So going straight on, you know, vegan soy, you may want to, you know, be careful about that. You know, read the labels for the food product. Mobile phone. What are you doing with a mobile phone? Are you sitting on it? Is it in your pocket close to, you know, the, your groin? Be aware that this is, you know, these phone emissions, they are the, electromatic, the electromagnetic field exposure. It, may, it, it does have a negative effect on sperm production. They've shown that. And here's a the study published in 2009 found that sperm in a test tube becomes less active when they're exposed to an electromagnetic field, and the DNA within sperm is more likely to break down. That means it's not really going to be all that viable. Now, I love this fact that he says, this guy says, the jury is still out and there's no hard evidence. You know why there's no hard evidence about what mobile phones do when it comes to male fertility? Because the phone companies will not allow the, the studies to be done. Interesting. Hmm? So... Watch out what you're eating, what's around you, what you're putting on your body. Watch out for the vaccinations. Be an, be an informed consumer about your food, what you're putting on your body. That lotion and shampoo may not be the best thing for you. It may be a phytoestrogen. It may be something that is bisphenol A. I hope this has been helpful for you. If you have any questions, you know where to find me. I'm at Lou at Lou Paget or office at Lou Paget. Have a fabulous rest of the week. Thank you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget. 